What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. But before we jump into this week, we've got to look back just a minute at the Travelers Championship. Harris English outlasts Kramer Hickok in an eight whole playoff plenty of sweaty Sundays for all of us holding Harris English tickets the, the that were then subsequently tweeted at me some of you cashed out couldn't handle the sweat but congratulations to everyone who held on the entire time and big congrats to a couple of people who sent me screenshots or notes again I, I cannot uh, say them all so I picked out a couple that I thought were interesting uh, Scott finished eighth in the birdie for one thousand dollars not only is the birdie one of my favorite tournaments but Scott, I see uh, in every chat all the time tweeting at me, so it is much appreciated and always good to see your name and the Rick Rungood avatar uh, near the top of the leaderboard. So congratulations to you, Scott. Mark just joined rickrungood.com two weeks ago, and he says it's, quote, paying off $937 in winnings last week. Congratulations, Mark. Certainly cannot guarantee you're going to win $1,000 within the first two weeks, but hopefully makes the research process a little bit easier. You have all the data handy, and you can follow in the footsteps of Mark. But the big winner... Shane, another guy I see all the time in the chat, all the time sending me tweets. Much appreciated. He says he's listened religiously every single week for three years. He won the $555 contest for $100,000. Unbelievable stuff. Congratulations, Shane. I'm so stoked for you. If you want to become a member of the community, win a subscription to rickrungood.com. There are a couple of ways to do it. One, if you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, you like the video, and you leave in the chat who you think is going to win this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. That is one way to enter. The other way to enter is via an iTunes review. It's easier to win that way. Go over there, leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. I will link it in the description. Say something nice and leave me your Twitter handle. That's it. Also, I was looking, I don't always look at the top golf charts we are moving up the leaderboard. I don't always look at that on, on podcast uh, charts. In fact, I don't look at it often. Uh, so huge kudos to you guys. Without the support, could not have done it. We are uh, passing some very well-respected big-time network podcasts. So if you want to go over there, leave a five-star rating. Much appreciated. Very, very cool. I have a couple of winners from last week. David Watson and Filthy Duke. Uh, they were your winners from last week. I've already reached out to you. I will get you set up with subscriptions to rickrungood.com. Finally, not one, not two, but three separate live chats this week. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That is the everything you want to know about the Rocket Mortgage Classic live chat. Okay, you go on, you ask your questions, we talk ownership, we talk about whatever item you want, that's your time. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. That's the Jock Market Power Hour. That's all things stock market DFS, all things jock market. Uh, lots of money to be made. They're really fun, cool new concept. And this would be a really good week to join because there's probably going to be a lot of value with the weaker field. And we give away cash. We give away cash. Cold, hard jock bucks in that, in that uh, live chat. And then finally, new for the third week, Third week in a row, the plan is to do this every single week, the Friday Cut Sweat Show. If you missed last Friday, I came on air when it was a 50-50 toss-up between minus two and minus three. We sweat that line. When, num when minus two was determined, we were sweating the golfers that were going to make it. Abraham answer live on air. 
makes a 10-footer for birdie on the final hole to get all of you guys through. He was the second highest owned golfer. He then goes on to have an unbelievable weekend, racks up fantasy points, and saves everybody. It was a lot of fun. We're back at it again this week. I will say this. It is currently scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. That is certainly subject to change. I'm going to try to time it just like I did last week to get on at a really impactful time and before the coverage ends. So I'm going to work hard to do that. So what you what I encourage you to do is make sure you're subscribed. Go over to that um, to that room. It's you can go onto Rick Run Good or YouTube.com slash Rick Run Good. You can go to that room and you can uh, hit the notification bell because you want to get an email. You want to be alerted when that does go live because that is certainly subject to change. Okay, I think that's it. DFS preview for this week's Rocket Mortgage. Let's go. All right, Detroit Golf Club has hosted this event for the entirety of its existence, which of course is only two years, 2019 and 2020. Bryson DeChambeau won it last year, 23 under par, I believe was the number 25 under par, winning it in the first year. So uh, presumably this is going to be another birdie fest. And the one thing you're going to hear all week long, you ready for this? Here it is. Detroit Golf Club is the flattest course on the PGA Tour. You're going to hear it 10,000 times. It doesn't make it inaccurate. It's just the one little nugget that everyone is going to to uh, to glamp onto and 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 re- reiterate over the course of the week. Now, it is important. It, it plays more like a driving range than it does a PGA Tour golf course. Probably why Bryson DeChambeau goes out there and just absolutely mashes it all around the yard, goes and shoots something low. Um, doesn't have to be too concerned for accuracy. You know, those are the the players that I think get kind of the biggest edge this week. I think there's a couple of them. The idea that long hitters who are normally inaccurate, that to me seems to be guys that get a big bump because there's no trouble lurking off the tee. The front nine is a bit more tree-lined than the back nine. The back nine wide open, but even the tree-lined front nine, it's not like you're in prison. It's not like you're in a forest or anything like that if you are missing uh, the fairway and hitting it amongst the trees. So guys who are normally hitting it far but finding themselves in trouble off the tee, unlikely to find themselves in as much trouble this week, so now they're playing out of more favorable positions. Also, you could take this and say, okay, well, the guys who, uh, you know, if if everyone is hitting it off the tee and no one's getting into trouble, now this turns into a second shot course. I could entertain that conversation. I also would entertain the conversation about this turning a bit into a putting contest, unfortunately. If you're going to have to make what, 30 pars over the course of the week, you are certainly going to have to roll in a lot of putts. Um, Par is not going to be a good score. So when you see someone like Kevin Kisner, who got hot last Sunday and has finished third here before, you're starting to think, okay, that kind of that kind of starts to make a little bit of a sense. That's that's the type of golfer that I think could have success here. So those are the ones that I feel are going to have success. But of course, we can look at the model. And before we do that, you know, I, I can't go the whole the whole pod without, you know, reminding you when Nate Lashley won here in 2019, I think it's still the only time that the winning golfer was not even available on DraftKings. You know, he got into this field late on Wednesday night as an alternate, wasn't on DraftKings, few books even offered him. Uh, so when he went wire to wire and won by five or six shots, whatever he ended up winning by, 
basically every sports book just took all the money, right? Because there was, he wasn't even available for a first round leader. Uh, he wasn't even available for most places in the outright market. You couldn't have had him on in your DraftKings lineup. So very, very strange week two years ago when Nate Lashley got it done. Of course, with only two years worth of data, this isn't that exciting. You know, we're looking at the key, key stats model and there are some really important stats, you know, ones that rank first, second, third amongst uh, all courses on the PGA Tour, but you must be reminded there is only two years worth of data. So the most important stat, strokes gained total. Well, only two years worth of data. Uh, strokes gained approach. There's only one other course in which strokes gained approach is more important. There's only one other course in which strokes gained putting is more important. Again, two years worth of data. So um, I, I'm going to make that argument that this is a small sample size, but in theory, I kind of do like like the stuff that it's talking about here. So we can look at the last 24 rounds just in terms of strokes gained approach, in terms of strokes gained putting, and we'll build this into a model later in the show. But let's just look at this. Last 24 rounds, best strokes gained approach player, Charlie Hoffman. Emiliano Grillo is second. J Jason Kokrak third. Will Zalator is fourth. And Hideki Matsuyama fifth. Strokes gained putting. Let's see. Troy Merritt, number one. Vaughn Taylor. Cheston Hadley. Jason Kokrak. And Sebastian Munoz, note that Jason Kokrak appeared on both of those lists. Note that he is probably longer off the tee than you think he is. Uh, averaging right here, 312 yards. That's probably 10th in this field in terms of driving distance. So, needless to say, Jason Kokrak probably going to show up in the model later. Probably going to be a guy that we're going to have to talk about when we get to the 9K range. But um, I think that's interesting. Certainly do. Let's go to the cheat sheet. Five golfers over $10,000 on DraftKings. Bryson DeChambeau, 11400 Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris. There is always a case to be made for someone like a Bryson DeChambeau, not only in this field, but with this pricing. So what you'll notice, if you compare Bryson's odds to win the golf tournament to his salary, there's a little bit of a disconnect because um, he is probably going to be seven, seven and a half to one in most places to win this event, while the next shortest odds are probably about 14 to one. However, the gap between the, the, the outright pricing, which essentially says Bryson is twice as likely to win this golf tournament as the next most likely golfer, it never really comes through in the DraftKings pricing. Because DraftKings is not going to make Bryson 13100 and the next guy 10500 something like that. So there's usually a much smaller gap, which would normally mean if you're trying to get exposure to the guy who is the significant favorite, you, you'd prefer to be doing it here on DraftKings. Now, has Bryson been as good as we would like to see? Let's find out. This is the Holy Grail on rickrungood.com. This is Bryson's little page here. He has gained strokes off the tee in every event since Genesis. He has gained multiple um, in all but one of those events. I mean, he's just absolutely dominant with the driver. We know that. I thought he personally left a lot of strokes out there at TPC River Highlands. On Saturday, he basically drove the green on number nine. He was just off, could not get up and down to make birdie. It was just a little bit sloppy. You can see the around the green play has been a hair sloppy. My argument uh, for this week has been, if you're tapping into your around the green game, uh, you're probably not making enough birdies to win. He's gained strokes putting in three straight. Most people don't realize how good his putting is. I am continually worried about those really um, 
kind of awkward numbers, kind of like the, the the half wedges that he has to hit quite a bit. But it was no problem here last year. It's flat. There's no secrets. The entire course is out in front of you. I can't imagine thinking for any reason that Bryson DeChambeau is a bad play this week. Uh, Patrick Reed, 10900 You know, I wasn't particularly interested in him last week for his $10,000 price. He finished 25th. He has finished 5th at this event in the past. That was in 2019. He missed the cut last year. Again, probably not going to get here. I love the putter. I love his ability to get high. Hot. I just think I'd rather spend it on Webb Simpson, who is $300 cheaper. So for me, uh, Webb's had kind of a disappointing year. Now, it's not entirely his fault, I guess, is the argument. He had that neck injury that kept him out of the Wells Fargo, right? Yeah, I think he withdrew from the Wells Fargo. He's only played twice since the RBC Heritage. That was in mid April. So he played the PGA championship. He played the U S open. We know he's been kind of working back into shape from that neck injury. And, um, historically when Webb is at his best, he from fairway through green, he's one of the best players on the PGA tour. It's the driver that tends to let him down at times because he's not overly long. But if we say, okay, you know, Webb's not going to be as long as everybody else this week, but there's not a huge penalty for not being a great driver of the golf ball. If that's the case, if that's the argument we're making, Webb Simpson's pretty interesting. I think a lot of people are going to just find a reason not to play him. You know, you can go up for Bryson, you can go down for Hideki or Zalatoris or Neiman or any one of these guys uh, in the $9,000 range. I'd be very interested to see how that number on him shakes out over the course of the next couple of days and on the Wednesday live chat, what Webb Simpson's ownership is going to be. Because if he comes in, I mean, can he come in at single digits? Can he come in sub 12%? If that's the case, I'm pretty interested. Uh, Hideki is here, 10,400. I love Hideki. I am normally much more bullish on Hideki than I am for most guys uh, in the industry. I just don't think I'll get there this week. So the positive for Hideki is... This turns into a second shot course, kind of what I outlined earlier. But the negative for Hideki is that this might turn into a putting contest. And if you need to make enough birdies, is Hideki the man to do that? He, he hemorrhaged nine and a half strokes at, at Mirfield a couple of starts ago. He lost 3.3 at the PGA Championship. He was much better at the U.S. Open. But if are we asking Hideki to make birdie putts? And is that too big of an ask? I believe it is when he is 10,400. If he was 9,400, maybe it's a different consideration. I just think it's a big ask for a guy that you probably need to win the golf tournament at, the, at this price. Will Zalatoris rounds out the $10,000 range, and quite frankly, um, you know, we haven't done a deep dive on on Will recently, and this is this is the worst stretch of 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 golf for him since his debut at Wingsfoot, and that's not really a knock on him. It's really only two bad starts, 59th at the Charles Schwab and a miscut at the U.S. Open because he has been that good. Now, uh, the U.S. Open stuff was. What I would like to see, gain strokes off the tee, gain strokes on approach. He lost around the green and he lost putting. Now, he's not a particularly good putter. We've seen that over the course of his career, and this is uh, one of the worst stretches he's been in, especially since the uh, U.S. Open here at Winged Foot, right? There's, there has not been a time... Uh, after that, that he has lost strokes putting in five consecutive events. He's in that stretch right now. I'm concerned about that. I'm certainly worried about it. Uh, the good thing is this kind of reminds me of some of the profiles that we saw recently. Uh, Brooks at the Palmetto Championship where he missed the cut, but he gained in ball striking categories. Then, then you say, okay, well, maybe he can bounce back the next week. I forget what the next week was. It would have been Tory. Was it Tory the next week? Um, now I've got to look. 
So Palmetto, yeah, then Torrey Pines and and Brooks made a deep run there. So you know it, it's it's a good missed cut if you are going to gain strokes off the tee, on end on approach and lose in the short game. Now, I'm worried about the longer putting stuff for Will, but um, you know hopeful that he would be able to figure it out again. I'm going to kind of see what that number is as the week goes on. Very very small nine thousand dollar range. Only six guys here, and let's just go right into Jason Kokrak. He is the one that popped up when we kind of looked at the key stats for this week, and we said what's important and what type of guy could have success here. I, I don't think people really realize how good Jason Kokrak has been. Second on tour in strokes gained putting. Well, if you wanted somebody who can get hot. Maybe that's Jason Kokrak. He is 12th in birdie average, makes a ton of birdie, 17th in strokes gained total. You could argue he's the 17th best player on tour this season and much better in this field with this strength. 23rd in driving distance. The only thing he really, really does poorly is around the green, 176th. Again, if you're using that, you're probably in trouble. That's my thought about this. So Kokrak uh, seemingly is going to make a lot of my lineups. He's seemingly going to make a lot of your lineups. Uh, I I just think $9,500 is kind of that sweet spot pricing for him uh, with with a lot of metrics that, that would favor him at Detroit Golf Club. The bottom of the 9K range are three three question marks for me. Bubba Watson, $9,200. Um, absolutely. I mean, by his own words, I think he said he vomited all over himself on Sunday. Played his last five, I think at six over. Really, really ugly stretch to go from leading the golf tournament to ending up finishing 19th. That is concerning. Is that going to happen again when he gets in contention? I don't know. Then you start to look at some of the metrics that... Um, we think might play well this week. We know he's a great driver of the golf ball. No problem there. You don't have to be nearly as creative around T- uh, around Detroit Golf Club as you did uh, TPC River Highlands. Is he going to gain enough strokes on approach? Well, he gained two last week. He lost four consecutively in starts before that. And is he going to putt well enough? To his credit, he's actually been a little bit of a better putter recently. The stretch that he had from the BMW Championship last year to essentially workday was horrible. It was just hemorrhage strokes on the greens. He's looked much better trying to putt to a zero now in essentially three consecutive events. I will probably not get to Bubba. I think there's too many questions. I think that his driver is not as big of a weapon this week where he he can't kind of use the creativity and the shot shaping as much. I think that his uh, iron play uh, outside of last week, he hasn't been very good, and the putter is still kind of a big question mark. So that's too many question marks. Oh, and then you throw in the fact that if he gets into contention, he might vomit all over himself again. So those are too many question marks for me to get to Bubba Watson. Matthew Wolf, question marks. Well, I, again, would prefer to be early than late. Now, what did we get from Matthew Wolf? Um... Matthew Wolf has played twice since his kind of return, since taking time off. The the U.S. Open start was phenomenal. It looked like he had his driver back. It looked like he had the weapon. He was putting well. All of that gone at the Travelers Championship. Lost across the board. So we've got one good start, one bad start since he's returned. What are we expecting? I don't know. I think the idea of if he can tap into that weapon again, the vibes that he might get at Rocket Mortgage after finishing runner-up to Bryson last year might be good. I would prefer Wolf over Bubba. Do I think that they are both remotely safe? No, absolutely not. But if I had to pick one, it would be Wolf over Bubba. And I'm trying to be early here on Matthew Wolf. The final guy is Keegan Bradley, and I'm very much on record of saying what we've seen from Keegan Bradley over the course of the past couple of months is trending in the right direction. I could still argue that about his miscut at the Travelers Championship in which he missed the weekend by one shot. He had an 18-footer for birdie on 
18 on Friday to make the cut. Missed it. Lost three strokes putting. That's Keegan. You know, it's what's that's Keegan. Like it's a television show, right? Um, the 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 ball striking's here. He's he's getting if he can get that one zero putting week, that one zero putting week, he is in business. Is it going to happen here? I'm not sure. Uh finished 45th here last year, lost strokes on the putting surface. Did he play it in 2019? I don't believe he did. Doesn't look like it. No, he did not play the Rocket Mortgage. So he just played it once and finished 45th last year. Again, do I have questions? But I, I, Yes, but I'm still, still seemingly thinking that he is on the right path here. As we get into the 8K range here, I want to do uh, something I don't normally do. I'm going to go to the the the... I'm going to call this the custom builder moving forward. I think a lot of people are very confused about what happened to the custom, the custom model. The, the custom model um, has been retired. All of it and more is available here. And I, and you, and you can make lineups. I don't think people realize that. So I'm probably just going to rename this tool, the custom model to avoid any confusion, but here's what I'm actually going to do. Um, I want to find guys in this 8k range that are playing well and kind of see who they are. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go over the last 24 rounds, and I'm going to put all of my weights on um, on strokes gain T to green here. And actually, I don't even really need to do this because I've got my last 24 rounds in here. I'm just going to sort by strokes gain T to green and see the types of players that pop up in the $8,000 range. So uh, the first guy in the $8,000 range would be Jason Day. He's 8,900. He's fourth overall in this field. I have concerns about Jason Day, not only just watching him kind of walk around and, and kind of be hobbled and constantly grabbing the back. And and I, I just, what we saw last week was, was pretty reliant around the green. It was pretty reliant on the putter. I'm not as optimistic about that. Um, and also in the $8,000 range, Charlie Hoffman, he's going to continue to show up here no matter how many rounds you want to put in for Charlie Hoffman, Tita Green, he's going to pop up. Emiliano Grillo, this is kind of the interesting one, right? The third best Tita Green player in the last 24 rounds in the $8,000 range. He is 10th overall. This is kind of interesting to me because let's go and do a deeper dive into Grillo and see what we can find. We know historically, very poor putter. We know historically, great ball striker. And it's not that different what we're seeing right now. Missed the cut at the Travelers, missed the cut at the Memorial. He gained strokes on approach in both of those, lost a ton of strokes on and around the greens. I think this would be an interesting buyback opportunity for a golfer who has shown us that he can pop, right? Sixth in Punta Cana, runner-up at Heritage, 14th at, Val- at um, excuse me, the Wells Fargo, eighth at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Those are uh, not huge events, but this is not a great field either. I think that that popping ability with the ball striking or maybe a, maybe just just roll to a zero, just lose one stroke over the course of four days on the putting greens, and Emiliano Grillo could have a pretty good week here at a discount, $8,200, and I wonder what that ownership is going to end up being come uh, Thursday morning. It is certainly not lost on me uh, that Kevin Kisner went absolutely ham on Sunday. Here he is shooting the round of the day. This is the live leaderboard on rickrungood.com. It's had some updates. You should check it out. And it's free, actually, so there's really no reason to check it out. Uh, Shoots the round of the day on Sunday. Now, the way he did it, 5.2 strokes gained putting. That is uh, certainly not sustainable. However, Kevin, Kevin Kisner is a really good putter. That, that is what he does. So it's not like Hideki 
gain two or gain five strokes putting, or Keegan Bradley gain five strokes putting. Kisner is capable of this. Uh, he showed us he was capable of this at 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 Rocket Mortgage last year. He finished solo third at a place that you're going to need to make a ton of putts. Maybe he finds something. Maybe he takes those great vibes from Sunday. He transfers them over to Rocket Mortgage where he's had good vibes before and he plays well again. But maybe, just maybe, and now I'm really zoomed in. Actually, maybe that's better. Maybe you guys can see that a little bit better. Um, the the name that I'm I, I can't stop looking past here in the eight thousand dollar range is is Gary Woodland because I think this is a very similar story to what we saw about Harris English last week. You know, Harris English last week I came on here and I said if it looks like he might be returning to that 2020 form because for two straight events he had gained strokes uh, in all four categories that was really reminiscent. Well, we're starting to see signs of life from Gary Woodland again where he's looking like. I don't want to say the 2020, maybe the, the early 2020 version or the 2019 version of Gary Woodland, where uh, just a ball striking, he hits it long enough, the putter is good enough. There's just there's just signs there. So I'm not sure what I'll end up doing with Gary Woodland, but uh, would it surprise me to see him win this golf tournament? No. Would it surprise me to see him start contending much more frequently? Absolutely not. I think that's the, tra- the, the trajectory that he has headed on. The $7,000 range. And maybe I should have been zooming in for the last five years. This looks way better, right? Like, it's probably way easier for you guys to read. My bad. Apologize for the last couple years of your life back. Um, The $7,000 range, this is where I I think you really get a drop-off. I I thought the skill set in the 8K range, I thought that drop-off was pretty significant, but I thought there were some some viable options or some interesting guys that I want to keep an eye on. The 7K range is where I do do think you really start to get the drop-off here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the the trends tool here. So this is, um, you know, a way that you can kind of just go through a bunch of these guys in different ways. So I'm just going to do uh, since the start of... April. I want to keep this this range pretty tight here. Since the start of April, who are the best players in terms of uh, just strokes gained, strokes gained total? And I'm going to keep going until I find guys in the $7,000 range. First one, Hank Lebiota, 7,200. I imagine he's going to be incredibly popular uh, this week because he was fairly popular last week. Let's pull him up here on the player profile because I do have ownership loaded in now and it goes back for at least a year. So, oh no, he was not popular at all. Why did I think he was? Oh, cause he was more popular at Palmetto. Maybe I thought he was going to be more popular at the travelers championship, only 1.6% owned. So we have now seen, basically we we've never seen double digit ownership on Hank Lebiota. Uh, that that's, that's a fact. Now he has been returning great value. He's returned at least 11 times value in three of his last five starts. His worst start was eight times value at Quell hollow. So five in a row, he's returned at least eight times value. If he does that this week at a, what did I say he was? 7,200. Oh boy. Quick mental math. Eight times eight would be 64. So 54, uh, it'd be like 54 DraftKings points, something like that. Right. Am I doing that math correctly? Eight times eight. Yeah. Okay. About 54 DraftKings points. Um, so you probably need a little bit more than that. You might need, I don't know, 10 times value, 72 DraftKings points, but he's now made five consecutive cuts. Those events that I was referencing. Let's look at how he's doing it because this might be a little bit more interesting. 7,200, pretty reliant on the putter. But again, this week, I'm not as concerned about that. He has been fine ball striking. That's off the tee plus approach. He's gained in four consecutive there. Not a ton over his last three. And he's a little bit reliant on the short game. This isn't that bad. This this being, being a heavy putter this week, uh, 
not as concerning as most weeks, especially if you can at least hold your own in the other categories, which Lebiota has in the last couple of starts. So where else do we go? Norin is next. He is 7,600, uh, 1.1 strokes gained per, per round in the last 26 rounds since April. Mav McNeely, Brant Snedeker, Lucas Glover, Kyle Stanley, Troy Merritt would round out those guys. Where else do we, can we go here in the $7,000 range? What I saw from Kramer Hickok was incredibly impressive last week. Not only the eight playoff holes, but he literally, I mean, he saw himself on top of the leaderboard on Saturday and bogeyed the last two holes. And I was thinking, oh man, that's, it's over for this guy. Like he's, he's not going to do anything on Sunday. Birdie's the first hole, contends, uh, almost steals it from Harris English. Unbelievable stuff. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that again, but you're looking at his last three starts. He has a runner up. And a 14th place finish. Missed the cut at Palmetto Championship, but I wouldn't necessarily mind a flyer on Kramer Hickok if he's found something, if he's got good vibes with the new caddy, if he can continue that role. Now, the one guy, I don't know if you guys remember, at the, at the top I said, I think the biggest beneficiaries of, of Detroit Golf Club are, are probably guys who hit it far, but inaccurately. And that would certainly be... Cam Davis. And, uh, you know, he had a couple of close calls at the end of 2020 season where I think he got into the lead at Wyndham and then didn't really play well down the stretch, which is not that big of a concern. But someone who is 16th in driving distance, but 187th in accuracy, seemingly would be a big beneficiary of this week. And he's pretty good with his with his approach game. 63rd. That's on tour. Much better than that in this field. In fact, we can go to we can go to the custom model, which is just what I'm going to call this, and we can go back, let's call it I don't know how far back I have to go. Let's call it 50 rounds. Like that that's probably most of the season for a lot of these guys, and we'll just do strokes gained approach and Cam Davis, where can I find him? Where would you be, Mr. Cam Davis? Yeah, here he is, 23rd. Or, excuse me, 22nd in this field. So he is 63rd on tour, 22nd in this field. So he is someone that I would certainly uh, circle down in the low $7,000 range. Anybody else down here? I'm not sure I love much of this. Um the only week I would consider Bo Hostler, back-to-back top 20s, always a good putter. That's how he makes his hay. He will have to do that this week. Again, if there was a place I could pick, it would be here for him. I don't love it. The 6K range is really ugly. I don't particularly feel much confidence in any of these guys. I think Patrick Rogers is somewhat interesting. Good driver of the golf ball, good putter. That is kind of a rare combination. I want to pull up his profile real quick um, because let's see what we've got here. Yeah, 28th in driving distance, 58th off the tee. That's on tour. He's much better than that in this field. 94th around the green, 111th in putting. So he's about a zero putter here. Yeah, I mean, very inaccurate. I think this could be a good place for him, right? So the, he he fits the mold of long but inaccurate. I worry about his approach play because he's not very good there, 194th, but usually a better putter. I, I'm reaching. He's, he's $6,900. I'm not thrilled about it, but he's made um, three cuts in a row, and he's made five of his last seven. Outside of that, 
I'm not sure I'm prepared to go back to Satoshi Kodaira. Um, you know, listen, it was fine last week. It was he finished 36th. Would I have preferred something better? Of course. Could he have certainly finished worse? Of course. But he's made four cuts in a row. He's $6,800. I'm not super thrilled with that. There's a hair of a case to be made for Adam Shank at 6,500. If you're looking for a guy to just make the cut, he's made three of his last four. He's made six of his last eight. He's played this event twice, which not all guys have. He has top 40 finishes essentially in both of those. It, it's not the worst thing you could do. Again, we are in a really troublesome range down here. Uh, even, even Vincent Whaley, who uh, has been a cut making machine has now missed two in a row. So it's really putting a hamper on some out, some of our, results. Um, Chris Baker didn't play last week coming off a 26 place finish two weeks ago has made the cut in two straight. Again, I I'm reaching. If anybody sees anything of, of real note and of real substance here, I'm glad to hear it. Um, there is to me not much value in this $6,000 range. The way that I will probably build these is if I could get maybe Bryson into a lineup and then I could get uh, a bunch of guys in the seven K range. Maybe that's what I'll do. We'll find out. I'm going to have to tinker and see what's going on this week but let's 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 run a model and see if i can find anything that that might be of value this week i like this zoomed in thing if you like this zoomed in thing let me let me know i think i do probably a lot easier for you guys to see it's kind of jarring for me okay last 24 rounds um the model's been pretty good recently and again, the model is only as good as what you put into it. So I guess the the key stats regression and, and the assessment of the courses has been pretty good recently. Last 24 rounds. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to weigh distance. 20. I'm going to weigh approach. 25. I'm going to weigh putting 25 which is something I normally I don't do, but I'm going to kind of follow the key stats model here. I'm going to kind of uh, say, hey, long is good, but also if you're not long and everybody who's, who's kind of playing without penalty off the tee, approach is going to be important. Also, you're going to need to make putts. That leaves me with 70. I'm also going to do, uh, and I'm going to use the new stat ranks here because I want to use these a little bit. What we can do is I want to do par five scoring. You're going to need to take advantage of those. Put 10 on par five scoring. Also, what I think you're going to end up having is a lot of these 15 to 25 footers for birdie and the ability to kind of roll enough of those in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my last 20 weights on those. So I've got, I've got just to recap, approach, strokes gain putting, although within putt, and maybe I should not do that. Maybe I should do... I'm going to turn down strokes gain putting by five because I have two more putting stats here and I'm going to put par five scoring on that last five. So I'm just kind of tinkering a little bit here. So approach, putting, driving distance, putt specifically between 15 and 20 and 20 and 25 feet, and then also par five scoring. And we're going to see how this looks. So I'm going to sort by my value column and oh boy, guess who number one is? Jason Kokrak. Probably should have seen that coming. Because that was the key stats. He was the only guy within two, or, or he's the only guy in the top five of both of the two big categories. Uh, he's long. We probably should have seen this coming. Charlie Hoffman's number two. Patton Kazire, number three. That's scary. Guy, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on there. Joaquin Neiman, four. Will Zalatoris, five. Hank Lebiota, six. Cam Trangale, seven. Patrick Reed, eight. 
Webb Simpson, Scott Stallings round out the top 10. That's a little bit scary. What I need to do is consider how much money I'm going to lose on Jason Kovrak this week. Also, I need to consider guys like Pat and Kazai or Cameron Tringali. I need to do a little bit more uh, weighing on them. Scott Stallings as well. Where does Bryson appear ever? Cam Davis is 15th. Bryson's 24th in this model. You know, he gets the bump for distance. He gets the bump for putting. But his last 24 rounds on approach have not been good. He's been losing strokes. That's where he kind of falls off on this. And actually, stroke chain putting hasn't even been up to his great norm. So he, yeah, this is no no wonder Bryson shows up 24th. He hasn't been playing to uh, his strengths, and I'm not weighing those uh, his current strengths enough, like off the tee, for example. Interesting. Very interesting stuff. Okay. I think that'll do it for this week's DFS preview of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Let me know a couple things. If you like it when I zoom in, that was pretty cool. Um, what you think of the Cut Sweat Show? I hope to see you on Friday. That's going to be a lot of fun. And anything else, tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.